Hello, I'm Dr. Ray Self, and welcome to Self Talk. Are you tired of repeating the same destructive patterns and unhealthy relationships? It's time for you to get rid of your frustrations and cross over into your promised land. Join me now for real answers to tough issues. Hello, welcome to Self Talk with Dr. Ray Self. I'm very honored to have a very special guest with me today in our studios. His name is Pastor Bob Levins. Pastor Bob has over 40 years of ministry experience, and I'm very honored to have him with us. But Pastor Bob has told me something very interesting. He's told me that there is a crisis in our church today with pastor burnout. And I wanted to talk to him about that. Like exactly what is pastor burnout? Uh, what's our response to it? What's going on? So um, Pastor Bob, tell me, what do you mean when you say there's a crisis in our church today? Well, there's an organization called Pew Research, and they they gather all kinds of information on trends in the country, what's going on. And right now they are estimating that 1,500 ministers every month are stepping down from their pulpits. Not 1,500 a year, 15,000, or excuse me, 1,500 every month. The numbers are overwhelming. And they say that the reasons are basically these three. One, pastors are generally underpaid. Two, they're overworked. And three, which I happen to have a, a, a particular concern about, is that they're underappreciated. Those are the three main reasons why pastors are stepping down. And if pastors are listening today, they'll, they'll feel at least one of those. So when we have 1,500 ministers a month leaving the ministry, to me, that's a crisis. So you're saying overworked, underpaid, and underappreciated. Exactly. So what does that do to the pastor? What's going on with him? Are they just thinking, well, I can't handle this anymore. I need to get out of the ministry. I need to find another job. What, what, what are they doing? You know, it's a combination of things. You know, a pastor, by nature, is a giving person. They care for people. The problem is that oftentimes their position becomes one of giving all the time and getting back very little. So think of a bank account. You know, you can only empty your bank account so much without putting something back in before you have nothing left to give. And a lot of times pastors find themselves in that situation because so many people have so many needs today that they're always putting burdens on their pastor. He's giving, she's giving, and they reach a point where they have nothing left. So they're operating in purely emotional strength. The, their physical strength may be exhausted. Uh, they have to continue because that's their job. They just can't you know, stop doing it for a month. They can't just, quote, take it easy. So they're giving and giving, and if they're not receiving ministry back, they find themselves burnt out. So a pastor pours out and pours out and pours out. His spirit is empty. His, his emotions are empty. He's completely drained. And then he's just running kind of on a spiritual adrenaline just to, just to keep going. You know, I'm a former pastor too. And I remember, I remember some of this stuff. So what what do we do about that? What's, what's the answer for a pastor who's experiencing, look, I'm, I'm overworked, I'm underpaid, I'm exhausted, I'm thinking about quitting. What do, you, 
What do you tell a pastor like that? Well, the first thing a pastor has to do, and when I train young pastors, this is the advice that I give them. Protect your calling. Now, in the modern-day church, we see the pastor who, you know, may help paint the building, may shampoo the carpets, may work on the landscaping, all these different things. We see that as a pastor being a servant. And I myself did that for many years. The problem is we end up doing so many things that the, the calling that God gave us is actually neglected. And, you know, if we look at the book of Acts, when the disciples came to the point where they said, we need to find spirit-filled people to wait on tables, but we have to devote ourselves to prayer and the Word of God. And so I always tell pastors, if you are called to be a teacher, to be a pastor, don't fall for the trap that if you protect that, that you're not being a servant. There are other people that can serve in other capacities, but the number one thing they must do is protect what God has called them to do and not dilute it with so many other things that all areas of ministry suffer. Okay. So that would be my first piece of advice. And, you know, there are going to be people in the church that are going to assume that he's lazy, he's not a servant. Don't let that happen. All right. Protect the call that God gave you. Make sure you have enough time to study. Make sure that you have enough time to prepare. Because nobody in the church will protect that. Only you can. So you have to be firm in that and say, I must protect this and not let somebody else try to rob you of your calling. So as a former pastor myself, I know that you know I would spend time in prayer, spend time preparing, but also remember mopping the floors, taking out the trash, um, setting up chairs, setting up the sound system, um, helping with the bookkeeping, you, you name it. And I felt like many times if I didn't do that, it wouldn't get done or blah, blah, blah. And to me, wow, if I could just have focused on the ministry and, and spending time in the Word and preparation, that would have been wonderful. But I, I agree with you. I know as a pastor, um, I would feel like, well, I need to set an example. You know, I need to do this because I want my church to see the example of what it means to serve. Like, why would I ask somebody to do something that I wouldn't do myself? And so, but hearing you, I'm thinking, wow, if I could have really just focused on the call and allowed other people to do that, that's not selfish. That's actually going to give me longevity, more energy, and maybe make me a better minister. Is that, that what you're saying? Yeah, because if you are burnt out during the week physically, you're not going to have much for Sunday morning. And remember this, the church didn't hire you to be the custodian. Even though I, I and I went through the same thing. Let me tell you, this is an absolute true story. Um, I love to landscape. I love to putter. Okay, I like to plant flowers. And to me, it was always, you know, for me to get outside with a weed whacker and, and do things, for me, it was enjoyable, but it was taking away from other things I needed to do. Now, I try to get people in the church to help out, and nobody would show up. So here's what I did. I let the grass and the weeds grow. Hmm. All right? They grew till they were two feet tall. And some of the people in the church started complaining. And without me even having to ask anybody, volunteers suddenly came to me and said, hey, pastor, would you mind if I pulled some weeds? Would you mind? In other words, it's like God started to awaken the hearts of people instead of me, because my first reaction was always, let me just get it done and I'll do it myself. I let it go till the people noticed 
And then volunteers started showing up without me even asking them. And, and I remember telling one of my elders, I feel guilty. I'm not going out there to help them. But Ray, I'm telling you, I was better on Sunday mornings. I was better for the, for the purpose that that church hired me all right, then when I was always out there, quote, serving, being a, an example, but yet they were not getting everything they wanted on Sunday morning. Well, that's, to me, <laughs> it sounds like almost enabling. In other words, when we as pastors do things that the congregation honestly really should do, yes, uh, it's not being, uh, you know, and we're trying to be a servant. We're trying to lead by example, show them what needs to be done. But in a way, we're enabling them not to do their responsibility. We make it easy for them not to respond. Not to respond. Pastor will take care of it. Yeah. But in the meantime, pastor's always burdened with something else. Right. You know, the, the funny thing about being a pastor, it's very hard to schedule your week because there's always going to be crisis, emergencies. So you may try to plan your week. So, you know, a lot of times I'd say, well, I'll, do, I'll get things done on Monday and Tuesday outside because I have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the rest of the week to get ready. But then there would be a crisis that would pop up on Wednesday or Thursday. And now the next thing you know, it's Saturday. And I'm scrambling to get ready for Sunday because the week escaped me. The other thing I would recommend, and this is also so important for pastors. I don't know if you experienced this, Ray, but I got to the point that every time I got alone to pray, I was praying for somebody in the church. Every time I went to the scriptures, I was looking for more sermon material. It became very easy for me to lose my personal identity as a child of God because every time I did something spiritual, it was for somebody else. Jesus, when he got away from the crowds, it was for his personal communion with our Heavenly Father. And most pastors struggle with that. They need to be able to get alone with their Heavenly Father where he can restore them and the Holy Spirit can restore their spiritual fatigue, where they can enjoy some mental quietness, not always on the phone, somebody calling with another emergency. That's also part of protecting your calling. And you have to insist on it. Again, people will call you lazy. They will say you're not a servant. But that's the voice of the enemy. That is not the voice of God. God wants his pastors, the people that he has called to be shepherds, to be spiritually strong and physically strong. You said something just now that really touched my heart. I have caught myself where I'm, I'm in the Word of God, but I'm preparing a lesson to teach for, yes. for my Bible college. Yes. I'm in the Word of God, but I'm preparing a sermon uh, for the Sunday morning service. I'm in the Word of God, but I'm preparing another sermon for the Sunday night service. Uh, uh, I, I'm in the Word of God, but I'm looking for some information to put in my block. I'm in the Word of God, but I'm looking for something that I want to talk about in my podcast. Uh, and you know, and I'm, I'm studying the Word of God, and I'm spending time with God, but it's all—it's not personal. It's—it's really—it's for the—it's for the ministry, but it's not about my relationship with God. It's not—I'm—I'm I'm trying to get information that I want to share with other people, but I'm not getting fed myself. I'm not getting my personal, I'm not in the presence of God for Ray. I'm in the presence of God for the church. Right. I'm getting in the presence of God for my students. And I've been guilty of that. And, and then next thing I know, uh, I go several weeks and I haven't really spent just one-on-one time just trying to hear what God wants to tell me personally. And I think in the long run, 
the ministry suffers and the church will suffer for that. And, and that's when you become spiritually burnt out yeah. because you're not taking time to be fed yourself. Right. You know, I had to get alone and say, Father, what do you want to talk to me about? Right. What do I need to hear from you? Right. And not brother so-and-so's cancer, sister so-and-so's marriage, you know, because you always want to pray for those things. But if you don't separate yourself from that situation, all right, and get along with God for you, you will be spiritually exhausted because you're not being fed by the Spirit of God himself. And we can only run on our physical strength for so long. Right. And then we have nothing to give. Right. That's part of the trap of being a pastor today because people have so many needs. Right. And we care about them. But if we actually cared, we would protect our calling so we have more to give them instead of becoming spiritually and physically exhausted and having nothing to give our congregation. Wow, that's really, that is really, really good. So let me, you're, you're giving good advice for a pastor. It's not selfish to protect your call. Not at all. And it's not selfish just to, to prepare, not for somebody else, but actually to get yourself prepared. And because, uh, like I said, I've been guilty. Yeah, I'm preparing, I'm preparing, but I'm really preparing my message for the church. Right. I'm preparing my sermon uh, for another church. I'm preparing my lesson for, for my students, but I'm not preparing me. I'm not getting me built up and me edified and me encouraged and, and, and me refilled. So given the fact that you said there's a crisis in some, what did you say, 1,500 pastors a month are resigning in Resigning America? from the ministry. 1,500 a month. Is and I know a lot of people listening to us, probably the vast majority of people listening to us are not pastors. Right, right. So I'm going to a church, what, and I'm just a regular person. What can I do? How, how can I be aware as a regular old churchgoer of what's going on with my pastor? How can I help? Well, there's a few things that I would appreciate from my congregation. Number one, the ministry is the most challenging job in the universe. People have no idea. If you've never been a pastor, I remember when I was a young pastor, um, I was marrying my best friend and his wife, or his, you know, his wife-to-be, and his brother met me at the wedding, and we knew each other as children. He didn't know me as a minister. Okay. And when he, I saw him, he told him I was a pastor, and I'll never forget his words. He goes, you're a pastor? He goes, well, that's what beats working for a living. And I remember laughing because I've had secular jobs. I've worked in the corporate world. I've done different things along with ministry. I've never had anything more challenging than ministry. So the first thing I would say to people in the congregation, pick your battles. And what I mean by that, people would run to me with everything. Problems that they really didn't need to bother me with. But sometimes they wanted attention. They just wanted me to acknowledge them. Well, here's the thing. We can't be all things to all men. We have a limited scope of ability. I remember there was a, a family that called me one night, uh, it just absolutely, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in fear because it had, they got a heavy rain and their basement got flooded. And they wanted me to go over there and, you know, uh, clean the basement. And I remember thinking, why would you call your pastor? You have neighbors, you have family, you have friends, the but they called me. It happened to be a Friday night at 10 o'clock. My wife and I were enjoying a movie. We, were, we, you know, we finally had some alone time, and I got this call about the basement being flooded, and I needed to rush over there, uh, and, I, and I had to turn them down. I said, that's not 
the pastor's job. Call other people in the church and pick your battles. Like one of the things that used to just really very hard for me, Sunday morning before service, I'd be walking around, you know, things done, and people would come up to me. Pastor, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I'm leaving the church. Pastor, I just want to let you know that, um, you know, my husband and I are splitting up. They would hit you with all these things right before you're going to preach. And, and you're, now you're, your mind is elsewhere. Be careful with your pastor. Be selective when you go to him. Make sure it's something that he is called to help you with. All right? He doesn't need to know every issue in your life because that wears him out. He also doesn't need you to criticize his messages. <laughs> all right? Here, here's the thing. Most people can find, if a, if a pastor says 100 things in a sermon and 99 of them are good, a lot of people will only talk about the one thing they disagree with. And they'll tell the pastor that. It's usually through somebody else, but here's the thing. Support the man. This is not an easy job, all right? And we're still human beings. So you know what? Give your pastor words of encouragement. Thank him for the good that he does. Let him know that he's making a difference because sometimes as pastors, you wonder, are you making a difference? I had a woman come up to me one time, and I was in a very, I was depressed. I was going through a very difficult time. And a woman came up to me and she says, Pastor, I just got to tell you something. I have finally learned through your ministry what it means to truly worship God. You have changed my life. I got to tell you, that Sunday, I was a different man. She lifted me up, not with just, oh, that was a nice message. She told me something that transformed her. It was rich and deep. And it meant a great deal to me. So let your pastor know the good things that he is doing. He's probably aware of the things he doesn't do well. He doesn't need to be reminded most of the time. So encourage him. Pray for him. Don't talk to him about every little issue in your life. All right? He is not dad. He is not a plumber. He is not necessarily a financial counselor. There are people that can help you with these things. He may be wanting to help, but when you're constantly you know, pulling on him and pulling on him, he gets exhausted. He wants to help, he may not know how. Be selective. Don't go to the pastor with everything and let him know the good that he's doing. It would be monumentally different for him. That's how he gets appreciated. Even if he's underpaid, but he knows that people genuinely appreciate the work that he's doing, he'll keep going. That's really good. That is really good. Uh, you don't have to run for the pastor for everything. And it's amazing. Um, a, a word of encouragement before a sermon could really help the whole church service. Yes. Uh, I thank you before a sermon instead of a, uh, I'm going to leave my husband or uh, I'm leaving my wife. I used to, what used to bother me, and I knew an answer to this. My father used to talk to me, and I was a businessman, I was a corporate guy. Mm -hmm. And my dad used to say, never go to your boss with a problem without a solution. Thank you. And so I used to say, I would have my uh, praise and worship leader say, uh, Dr. Self, I'm not going to be able to be there next Sunday. And just dump it on me. Uh, right. Or it'd be uh, my, my nursery worker. I'm not going to be able to come today. I'm going, and so, and, and it was just dumped on me. It could be all kinds of just stuff just dumped on me where I've got to solve it. And so I learned to say, a praise and worship leader would say, I can't be there next Sunday. And I would say, well, what would you like to do? How do you suggest we handle that? 
what's your solution? Uh, nursery worker, I cannot come. Well, well tell me, uh, do you have somebody in mind to substitute? In other words, give me a solution instead of just the problem. Instead of dumping the problem on me, and I've got to come up with a solution, and I've got to get ready to start church service. I'll never forget one Sunday. This is a true story. I got up to start church, and it was just before church. I sort of walked up to the podium. I was just getting things kind of prepared. It's maybe 10 minutes before service was to start. I looked at the podium, and there was a note on the podium from my worship leader that he wasn't going to be there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, he leaves me a note. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. So what I'm saying is, if one thing you can do for a pastor is when there is a problem, think of a solution. So if you come to me and say, uh, Dr. Self, I've, I've got this problem. I see a problem in the church, but you know what? I've got an idea what we can do about it. Right. Most pastors appreciate that, and we're okay, we're, we're okay with that. But just to dump it, um, it, it burns you out. It, it, it drains you especially when you do it on a Sunday. Thank you. Either before service or after service, because after service, you're tired, and you really don't want it after service either on Sunday. No, you don't. But anyway. You know, it's funny. I had a couple of women in my church who their service was to always have communion ready when we had communion service. You know, they get the wafers and the, right. and the juice and so on. And I got to tell you something. I never had to worry if that was going to be prepared. Right. They were so faithful all I made sure was, do you, is there anything that you need? Once in a while, but said, Pastor, we will take care of it. And I never, ever, ever had to worry about that one portion of the ministry. And I cannot tell you what a blessing that was to me. See, here's the thing. Whether you're an usher, a Sunday school teacher, whatever service you do, you're called by God. You've got a divine appointment and the church suffers if you just don't show up. You sh some people show more courtesy to their secular boss at work than they do for the house of God. Yet people are depending on you. So I'd like people to see that seriously. Ushering is so important. You know, you're an usher. You're the first impression oftentimes that visitors get about the church. So if you do a bad job about it, people will get a bad impression about the church or just not show up because you're just an usher. No, if God has called you to serve in that capacity, serve faithfully, serve honorably. All right, as unto the Lord, not like you're helping out the church. So those are the type of things that would help a pastor immensely. There are so many other things I can talk about, but in the time frame today, these are just some simple suggestions that would be just so helpful to a pastor. Well, Pastor Bob, I really appreciate your wisdom, uh, practical advice. And so if you're a pastor, I pray you have, you've heard this and you follow this. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's not selfish not to have to do everything. It, it, you're doing everything and serving everything and, not, and neglecting your call can really not only drain you, burn you out quicker, but also hurt your church. And as, and as the congregation, I hope you heard, if you're a member of a church, about not dumping everything on the pastor, especially before he's going to preach. Oh, definitely. And maybe not. have solutions. Um, and if it's not that important, don't, don't put it on him. We need pastors in America right now. We don't need burnout pastors. Anyway, I want to thank Pastor Bob Levins for being with us today. He's been an incredible blessing, full of wisdom. I want to have him back. This is Self Talk with Dr. Ray Self. Please check out uh, my website, icmcollege.org. 
please uh, go to iTunes and like and subscribe and, and rate this podcast. I really would appreciate that. My book's available. My new book's available on Amazon.com. Hear His Voice. Be His Voice. And I just bless you. And if you're a pastor, we just declare blessings over you uh, today. And, and don't get burnt out. Get refreshed. Get renewed. We need you. Okay? God bless you. This is Dr. Ray Self. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Pastor Bob. Thank you, Ray. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel. Please visit my website at icmcollege.org for more information and some really cool free stuff. Be sure and like me on Facebook. Check out my YouTube videos. You can also purchase my latest book, Hear His Voice, Be His Voice, on Amazon.com.